It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hi, welcome to uh, Britflix.com. We're speaking to Navap Papashadu, co-director of Big Bad Wolves, the film that will be closing um, Fright Fest this year. Hello, Navo. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, I'm doing very well. And uh, for the benefit of the listeners, I'll just thank you for, for stepping in the breach at the last minute to do this. Nah, it was, it was our pleasure. Good man, good man. Right then. Well, let's jump in with the with the questions then. Um, in, in 2011, you came to Frightfest with what was billed as the first horror film from Israel. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, um, for for us, of course, it was the first. It for it was our debut film, but it was also the first Israeli horror film ever to be made here. So it was pretty exciting and, and Frightfest was a great experience. Yeah, I mean I mean I, I was I, I got it like word of mouth. I was I think I saw it on its third repeat that it of its screening. Yeah, because um, we made our uh, UK premiere at Edinburgh Film Festival, and okay. when we came to Frightfest, we immediately been approached by the programmers and said, "Listen, guys, we really like the film, but because we couldn't have your premiere, you're only going to be screening in the small theatre, um, and not in the big theatre with the 1500 seats." Yeah, and we said, "Okay, that's very disappointing." We, of course, we we didn't know about that, but I think it was the first time in Frightfest history that they actually added a screening because of uh, the demand yeah so uh, it was i mean to take part in such an historical event <laughs> uh, that was very exciting for us and and um, and the re- reaction was amazing and, and if you look if you look at fright fest now two years on they're actually programming for repeat screenings now as part of the festival it's it's sort of perfectly normal now Ah yeah, so I guess um, I guess we were the first, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we can take credit for being the first uh, first feature to ever do that. So, what, what, what do you remember of your experience then at Fright Fest uh, at that time? With, like you say, your first film, and you're at you're at a big horror film festival, so you're you're with your brethren, as it were. Um, I think it was one of the first. I mean, we were at. Uh, Let's take it from the beginning. When mm, we cool. did Rabies, yeah. um, we thought, okay, it's the first Israeli horror film. 
So we're going to put it to the audience here, and then we'll send it to festivals, which, of course, no one in Israel does, because when you make a film in Israel, first you want the festival circuit mm. to get, uh, pr to get uh, you know, prizes and awards, and, and, and only then you come back to Israel, because the crowd here is a bit difficult. But we were very patriotic about the film, so we decided to go the other way around. So when we started the film festival, it was already after it was released in Israel. And I think Frightfest was the big, was the first big um, genre film festival we, ca we came with the film. We had Fantasporto in Portugal. Yeah. Uh, I think it was around March. Then we had Tribeca, Edinburgh, mm -hmm. and Frightfest. So basically Frightfest was the first huge genre film festival. And it was nothing like we've ever experienced. We were, we were not um, prepared for that. <laughs> it was amazing, and the audience was amazing. Um, you know, everything they say about the British audience and the British fans are, are true. They are really engaged with the film. They are really excited about the films, and they, I think they come with ho kind of hoping to like the film, and not in a ju judgmental um, opinion. So for us, it was great. I mean, it was like uh, four or five days of, of getting love from everyone. <laughs> um, it, it really sets the bar uh, real high um, for, for, the, for the festivals. Excellent. So two years later, you're back with uh, Big Bad Wolves. So do you, want to tell us, do you want to tell the listener a bit about what that film is that you can say without spoiling it at all? Um, maybe I'll, I'll pitch it as we pitched it to our producer. Go on. Um, we told him we want to make um, a film, I like a Dirty Harry movie, wandered around by mistake to a Korean revenge thriller written by the brother Grimm. <laughs> um, that's kind of an obscure description, but um, it's a revenge thriller about... Uh, um, a grieving father who takes justice into his own hands and uh, um, a, ven a vindictive cop who kind of lets the suspect getting away. And it's also a story about the major suspect in a series of brutal murderers. So it's kind of a story of them, those three characters um, combined together. Um, I'm, I really don't know how to tell it without spoiling it. It's just, it's just a no, great that's, that, that's enough of a... That's selling the sizzle, don't worry. I think we get, <laughs> we'll look forward to the steak on the, on the closing day. Um, I, I, I interviewed Alan Jones as a kind of general preview for the festival. And um, he was saying, I think, I think you guys were a bit surprised that, that yours would be something that would be a closing film. Uh, maybe a bit risky, whereas, I mean, he described it as a complete no-brainer that, that your film would close. Yeah, we actually, we've heard that, that interview. Um, I, I think it, it's the biggest compliment, that the fact that it's become... I, I'm, I'm risking by saying uh, the obvious choice or um, a mainstream choice to put an Israeli film as a closing night. I mean, it's such a great honor. And people here in Israel are excited about that. That I mean, it's also a huge thing here in Israel. Um, so Fright Fest and your film is news in Israel in itself? Oh, definitely. I mean, we are releasing the film two weeks from now. Yeah. So the release of the film is on uh, August 15. 
And a week later, we're going to head on to Frightfest with uh, part of our uh, leading cast and uh, news crew. Uh, so that's, it's almost like our European premiere to the film, yeah. which happens uh, quite parallel to our uh, distribution here in Israel. And for an Israeli film to get such uh, an honor to be a closing night of, of a British film festival, one of the biggest in the world, it, it really made a splash here in Israel and, and um, everybody's talking about it. I mean, it's also the second kind of a second genre film coming out of Israel. So the industry here is really, really eager to learn more about this genre film festival and genre filmmaking. So it really made a splash here. And, and uh, That's fantastic. Yeah. I it's, mean, like, it's, it's great to learn that, you know, something that's, that's grown as organically as Fright Fat has. I mean, it's, it's since 14th year this year, um, is able to be seen as such a kind of an event for a film now. Oh, definitely. I mean, we just came um, back from Fantasia Film Festival in, um, in uh, Montreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were also there with Rabies, and, and the reaction with Rabies was great, but I can't really compare the reaction um, from Rabies to Big Bad Wolves. Big Bad Wolves is so much more well-received, and the audience just love it. And to be able to experience such two great film festivals, big festivals with a lot of history, um, back-to-back, Fantasia in July, and now Frightfest in August, uh, and to see how big is the um, fan base for genre film festival. It's really, it's really encouraging. You go to a place that is, exists for several years and gaining more uh, fans, and it's kind of an improvement that we are in the right profession. I mean, we are doing something right. And to be able to do something right in, in Hebrew and still communicate with... Uh, a non-Hebrew uh, audience, non-Hebrew-speaking audience, that's 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 very encouraging. And, and and just as an aside, I suppose as well is that you've kind of that we've also got um, cannon fodder um, playing at Fright Fest this year, haven't we as well? So yeah, yeah, that's that's also re- really exciting. Aitan <laughs> Gaffney is a, a really good friend. Um, I think he learned uh, a year um, after me. Yeah, and he was also. Actually, also also Aaron's students, okay. uh, Aaron Aaron Kishanis, my co-director, um, which o- was also my professor at the film university. Um, so he was also Aiton teacher, and I remember Aiton approaching uh, us. I think it was two two and a half years ago with the script, um, and Aaron and I, of course, encouraged him to follow this path. I mean, he saw rabies. he saw the success of rabies, and he's a good friend and is uh, a great guy and. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to see his film in a festival because exactly. I would love to see it in the audience with him and see how the British crowd reacts. Well, what, what, why do you think, um, just generally speaking, why do you think genre festivals and particularly Fright Fest are, are important to the, the, the world of horror filmmaking and, and its wider community? Why, why do you think having the specific festivals is important? I think um, when you talk about film festivals, you have um, maybe two kinds. I mean, you have the art house uh, film festivals and you have the genre Mm. film festivals. And the art house film festivals, which are also very important, like Berlin Film Festival and Cannes Film Festival, um, I'm I'm not sure that 
ordinary audience goes to those film festivals. It's more oriented to the industry and more oriented to the filmmakers and um, the production company and distribution companies and yeah, that's, also that's, always has a market. But the genre film festival is where you really meet the audience. You really meet the people that actually go and buy tickets. You, you meet the people that are in their heart and mind are, are fans. They, they, are, they are there for the films and not for any other reason. It's not like they're going to make a fortune. It's not like they have um, something to invest. Only themselves and their love to cinema. And I think genre films, you can really see. In the filmmakers, in the films, you can see how much they love cinema, how much they love the genre. And... I think it's the best way to meet new original stuff, um, to meet the audience. Um, and when you kind of think about it, all great directors started from genre filmmaking. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Steven Spielberg, uh, George Lucas, um, all the great Stanley Kubrick did horror films. I mean, it, the way I see it, it all starts with genre filmmaking because it has structure, it has rules, it has. Um, a, um, a fan base, a huge fan base, and those festivals are just the greatest. They, they, they are celebrating filmmaking and new ways of storytelling, and it, they're always um, going along with the um, with the development of techno technological issues. Yeah. So when you can do a drama or you can do um, a romantic comedy, you can do it the way they did it 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It will almost look the same. But as we as we going on, uh, the technology and the progress, you can see different ways of making horror films, different ways of approaching cinema. And you can see that through genre films. So in many ways... Uh, genre film festivals are also pushing the boundaries of filmmaking. So it's always great to be there, to be at the new front of filmmaking. Yeah, there's, um, there's a documentary on a, on a Fright Fest this year called Rewind This, and it's the history of the video cassette. And ostensibly, the, the video cassette, with the need for content, gave birth to a whole raft of genre movies that would probably never have got made if it was just about making film for cinema. Um, and inevitably gave us filmmakers that ended up obviously being making films for cinema. But but there is a great great a great <laughs> seam of work that is just about that home entertainment market, which is genre, which obviously a lot of the fan the fan base would have been sort of weaned on, I suppose, in terms of uh, their, their their love of the genre. Yeah, and I think in especially in, in uh, genre filmmaking, it, it's all, always about the idea. First of all, it's about the idea. It's about the script. I mean, you don't have to, to approach big money. Uh, you don't have to get big money. You don't have to get big names. You just have to have a great idea, a great way of telling a story that, that is, was never told or it's a different approach to storytelling. So I think that's the most important thing in um, in genre filmmaking, that's why you see so many great ideas, great new filmmakers approaching genre filmmaking because they could 
they could excel there. I mean, they could, could really put their voice into something different. And it's, as I said, it's not about the big money. It's not about the big name actors. It's not about the big production companies. You can make a film that is really low budget and, and still have, a, have something great in your hand. Indeed. Well, look, and finally, for a bit of fun then, uh, when you think of British horror films, who or what springs to mind for you? Uh, well, uh, I think for the recent years, uh, you have uh, Danny Boyle and Neil Marshall. I mean, Dog Soldiers, we, we, we had to get it here on, uh, I think it was DVD, if not VHS. DVD probably, but I, I think so, seeing that at home, I mean, really blew my mind away. <laughs> it's such a genre-bending film. And if you go a bit further down the line, you have Danny Boyle, um, 28, uh, 28 Days Later, and uh, Sunshine, and... I remember, I mean, Eden Lake was a great, great horror film, great concept. Um, yeah, I think those... Uh, how, how, how are they, I mean, how are they received to Israel audiences? Is, 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 is the horror fan, the, the, given there's not been many horror films made, given you were the first, as it were, what, what's the fan, what's the reaction from an Israeli audience to, um, to horror? Um, to British horror or to horror um, to, in to, general? To, to those, those, yeah, British horror, the ones you were saying. Um, I think uh, Danny Boyle, of course, because of uh, Transporting and some of his more main, mainstream films. Um, yeah. And I'm saying mainstream here in my <laughs> Tel Aviv apartment with quotes, which you, you can't see. <laughs> but but the, fact that it, the fact that Danny Boyle is considered to be mainstream is a huge achievement for a genre filmmaking. But I think Danny Boyle is much more uh, well-known here in Israel and his films getting a theatrical release. Every, every film got a theatrical release and is very well known here in Israel. Um, Neil Marshall, I have to say, um, maybe he's not that well known the, uh, in, in the theatrical release um, um, way, but he has a huge fan base here in Israel and people know about him and, and kind of worship him and everyone in the industry here everyone that has a dream of making a genre film um, knows his name um, so I can't tell you in terms of uh, audience because uh, Dog Soldiers and Doomsday and The Descent I mean they were not released in the theatrically I think M maybe maybe The Descent did Yeah. Um, but horror films doesn't really do well in Israel I mean, even if they, they are huge blockbusters from, from the U.S., uh, yeah. like uh, Saw and Hostel and Piranha or, or Cabin in the Woods, I mean, they don't do really well in Israel. So even if The Descent, for example, was released in Israel, I think it had more success uh, in the DVD market. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean it's, it's one of those things that's really surprised me. I was talking to some sales agents just generally about where horror sells, and he was telling me that, Countries like Romania, they just don't buy horror films at all. <laughs> it just they, 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 <laughs> the, it just seemed weird that one country would would not buy them. You know? But then I thought, well, well, why wouldn't it be? You know, everywhere's not the same, is it? Uh, yeah, in Israel, it's. I think now it's starting to get more attention yeah. because um, Rabies, comparing to other um, film, to other horror films, Rabies was a huge success. I mean, it did three times more than the the the, the usual um, American horror films. So all of a sudden, it became much more mainstream. It 
you know, three times more than a, an American film, and it was an Israeli film. Um, and now with Big Bad Wolves, they're um, referring it as a as a summer blockbuster. I mean, oh, we go out, going out. Yeah, I mean, um, it's rated R. I yeah. mean, we got 16, um, 16 uh, rated, rated 16 here in Israel. Yeah. But they're still referring it as, as a summer hit. They're, you know, releasing it uh, two weeks before the end of the summer. It's a great it's a great time just before everyone goes back to school. And it gets a lot of attention. And they're referring it almost as a mainstream film, which is insane. <laughs> um, ride, that, ride that wave. Sorry, I say ride that wave while it's. Oh, definitely. I mean, <laughs> it, um, the fact that we were able to to cast this big name actors to our film, and it was shot by the Israeli number one cinematographer, and it gets um, the biggest distributor. It it goes. It gets also a very wide release. So mm. it, it's a it's a landmark, and we also have um, the um, Academy Awards race right now and Big Bad Wolves is making a lot of buzz there so oh, wow. well keep me fingers crossed for you oh well, definitely it's, well look it's um, very very good luck with the uh, with the premiere in, in Israel and opening the film there and even more luck for the uh, the premiere at Fright Fest for your for Europe and such like and fifth I think I guess going are you going to be here for the for the showing uh, no way in hell we are going to miss it. I mean, um, so we, we feel we feel like we owe so much to Alan Jones and Paul McAvoy and and, and all the other gang. I mean, they kind of discovered us, and we feel like we owe them a lot. Fartus was a huge thing for us when we when we've been there two years ago. And actually, when we did Big, big Bad Wolves, we had Fright Fest in our heads because they told us, "Okay, we couldn't give you the big theater this time, but to make a film." <laughs> with showing in the big theater and you'll be in it and I remember Aaron sending um, sending the guys a secure link um, to the film right before everyone else got the chance to see it I mean and we were so nervous to hear the reaction <laughs> and when they told us they love it we said okay we did something good <laughs> so to get to get the approval of Fright Fest and to see how much they believe in us in the film it's it's just great We'll go. Well, look. Thank you very much for your time with Britflix. Oh, and my uh, pleasure. And good luck with uh, with Fright Fest. I look forward to uh, to seeing it myself. Ah, oh, thank you very much. Looking forward to it as well. Indeed. Take care. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh, yeah.